THN is brought to you by Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and by listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click Donate, or visit Patreon.com backslash TwoHeadedNerd to become a supporter. Hacha! Our story this week picks up where we left off last week. Broadcasting from the Ziggurat at Omaha, deep below the metro area, it is our pleasure to welcome you to episode 531 of the Two-Headed Nerd comic book podcast. Nerds, my name is Matt Baum. I almost slipped into a pirate thing. That was a real, like, slow burn. I didn't yeah. know where you were going with that. It was weird. I'm the Internet's Joe Patrick. In this week's episode, we're reviewing a bunch of Wednesday, June 5th's new comics with spotlight reviews of Thumbs, number one, and Ignited, number one. After that, we'll review eight more of this week's new comics while shooting up the local saloon during the ludicrous speed round. The Deadwood movie premiered uh, this weekend. I'm a little excited. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was kind of an embarrassment of riches this weekend. Yeah, it really was. Then it's down to the THN Sanctum Sanctorum, where we'll be playing some high-stakes slapjack with a gang of near-do-well ghosts and talking about our must-read picks for next week. I was super high when I wrote this. And finally, <laughs> the Swamp Thing made his TV debut, sort of. So it's time for another edition of Nerd TV! It's all happening on this Too Hot for TV episode. But first, we better talk about this week's Nerd news. Nerd news? Nerd news. Right. You may know Christian Ward as the artist of Marvel's Black Bolt, Thor, and the creator-owned Odyssey and really Invisible good. Kingdom. He's super stupid good. But with his new project, he's branching out into something new, writing. Ward is writing Tommy Gun Wizards, a four-issue prohibition period piece where booze is replaced with magic. Although he originally hoped to draw it himself, his busy work schedule led him to look for an artistic collaborator, and he found one, artist Sammy Cavella. Together with Color Flatter, who doesn't normally get any credit at all, D. Kniff, and letterer Hassan Otsmane Alahu. Alhau, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, sure that's how that's know, said. Whatever, I did my best. <laughs> that duo are reimagining Elliot Ness and his untouchables as an incorruptible policeman fighting the criminal use of magic. Tommy Gun Wizards number one is due on August 28th from Dark Horse Comics. This sounds dope as hell. Super rad. Yeah. Uh, I love Elliot Ness. Oh, I yeah, love yeah. The Untouchables, and I love especially this kind of like genre bent. Yeah, where you throw magic into it. Yeah. That's cool as hell. That's super Does that cool. mean they can have all the booze they want? Since magic is replacing booze in Prohibition? Well, yeah. There's, there's, yeah, booze So up. they're just drunk all the time. Drunk Tommy Gun Wizards, yeah. Nice. That's what they should have called it. Drunk Tommy Gun Wizards. <laughs> Meanwhile, from the Stumptown desk, Deadline is reporting new girl star Jake Johnson has been cast in ABC's Stumptown as Jerry McConnell. I love Jake Johnson so much. Not Jerry McConnell. Jerry McConnell is a real person. Sorry, Gray McConnell. (laughs) (laughs) But it would have been cooler if Jerry McConnell played Gray McConnell. Jerry McConnell could not be reached for comments. Yeah, it's like a Tony Danza thing where his name had to be Tony and everything, so he would respond. Yep. The male lead opposite series lead Kobe Smulders. Johnson reportedly replaces Mark Webber, who played the role in the pilot, and who claimed on Twitter he was recast for not being handsome enough. <laughs> 
for the show's producer. That's just wild. They were like, who is this guy? Listen. Why is he so ugly? I Like, Jake Johnson. Look, I'm not blaming the guy. I'm just saying there's got to be someone that's not this ugly. Jake Johnson <laughs> is a fine-looking man, but yeah. it's not like he's an Adonis or anything. <laughs> Weber is best known as Sex Bob-omb frontman Stephen Stills. In Edgar Wright's Scott Pilgrim versus the World, I did not know that. Yeah, I had to look him up. No shit. Uh, so I think that might point to the real reason why he got recast. Mm-hmm. People were like, who? <laughs> Johnson recently voiced Peter Parker in Sony's Oscar-winning Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I just love him. I do too. And I want him to work. Yes, And me I too. don't care what he does. You For can sure. cast him as Superman. I don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> cast him as Jimmy. Jimmy Olsen. I'm, in, I'm into that. too old for Jimmy. Uh, yeah, listen. He'd be a good Perry White, though. Okay. Now you're just talking crazy. <laughs> you could be the guardian. Yeah, okay, the guardian. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. How about uh X? Double X from Project Cadmus. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, he, like I understand the impossible beauty standards Hollywood places on actors. Right. But let's come on, Mark Weber. <laughs> you're saying dudes are suffering too, okay, ladies? Yeah, you, know, you think you got like, a hard girls? You have no idea what it's like to be a to beautiful his, man. To his credit, in his statement, he said that, look, as a straight white dude, I know that my journey is not hard. <laughs> right. But, so, I mean, it sucks for him, but Jake Johnson's just better. He's yeah, great. I like him. He's, he's so great. much better. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go that far and say better or worse. He's but so much better. He's great. <laughs> he's a much more worthwhile human being. <laughs> Joe Patrick. Let's go back to the Tom King desk. We've been there a lot. We've yeah, been boy. That, we've been paying that reporter way too much. I know, I know. Me as the teacher who could still do it. You as the student who can do it just not as good. I'm proud of us. Mr. Miracle writer Tom King will co-write Warner Brothers' New Gods movie alongside director Ava DuVernay. That's according to The Wrap. DuVernay confirmed the news on Twitter, posting an image of herself and the writer. It was weird they chose to kiss, right? Yeah, they were just like yeah, s- hardcore smooching. Both married. Yeah. <laughs> like open mouth. Oh, no, it was much more chaste. It was more like a peck, you know? <laughs> like, uh, King, who currently writes DC's Batman and the Superman 100-page giant, offered a somewhat revamped take on Mr. Miracle in the 12-issue series with artist Mitch Garrods that focused on Scott Free's relationship with his wife, Big Barda. It was wonderful. We loved it. It's true. Then he wrote Heroes in Crisis. Right, now we, we hate love, him. We didn't love it as much. No, uh, no details of the New Gods movie have been announced, but this won't be the first time the concept has appeared on screen. Characters and concepts from the New Gods and the Fourth World, created by Jack Kirby for DC Comics, were central to the plot of 2017's Justice League. You might not know that because most of you didn't see it. It's true. No release date has yet been set for New Gods. Uh, look. Uh, yeah. I mean, okay, fine. Okay, like, and... I trust Marvel to give us an Eternals movie. Sure. Because Marvel has a proven track record. Yeah. And they've been in space doing wacky stuff. Yeah. Why not give us the Eternals? Let's get wacky, man. Sure, yeah, yeah. The New Gods is next level bizarre wacky shit. And I don't trust DC. Period. Well, I mean, I think DC is coming off a string of well-liked movies, though a lot of people are split on Aquaman. Two. Wonder Woman. And? Aquaman and Shazam. Shazam. Oh, Shazam. I forgot. Yeah. yeah. And we've the next thing down the pipe is uh, Wonder Woman 1984, which will be great. And Suicide Squad 2 by James Gunn, yeah. which I think will be great. Yeah, but it's I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know if you can pull this off. Here's what I do like. I like that they went and got a comic guy. Yeah. And they said we're going to pay you. You're a professional nerd. It's not like a bunch of Hollywood studios going so what? Tell me about this Big Bear guy. Like, what, what, yeah, yeah, Big Bear. He's gay, right? Yeah, I mean it's in his name. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I do. I, I do appreciate that. And 
I appreciate the choices that they've made with these kind of out of the box creators. Like no one was looking at Ava DuVernay's track record and saying, you know what she'd be good for? New gods. Right. But they saw something in her. And I think that's a positive sign. Tom King, right now I'm on the fence about the guy, but I did like Mr. Miracle a great deal. I think he's a very good And I think it writer. makes sense for him to be yeah. involved. And this better be, if they're going to do it, they need to just fully embrace the weirdness. Yeah, I think the main Go concern. all in. I think the main concern has to be how do you convey the concept of the fourth world? Real quick, for those who don't know, Jack Kirby's New Gods. Give yeah. me the give me the fifteen second pitch. Oh, yep. Boil it all down. All right. Put it in the spoon. A little bit of water. Cook it down, <laughs> so Dr- they can shoot drug it. Drug reference. Yeah, I yeah, get yeah. it. Yeah. Drugs. Drugs. Uh, New gods <laughs> centers primarily around the conflict between ancient uh, societies on twin planets, Apocalypse and New Genesis. Uh, they have godlike powers. They aren't really like worshipped. They're not really gods. No, they're, they're just, just like, like super advanced, crazy aliens. Right. And there's a there's a high father who's a good guy. And there's, and there's dark, dark side. side yeah, the they all have their cronies. Right. Uh, Mr. Miracle is the son of High Father. We don't need to go that far. Orion is the son of Dark Side. Yeah. And in a pact for peace, Game of Thrones the style. fathers decided to trade kids. Sure. Because that always works. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's the new gods in a nutshell. How many wars have been settled with a kid swap, though? I mean, like, uh, zero. Almost, I'm going to say zero. I think that's how World War II ended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, and there's a lot of mythology behind it. I just, I don't know how they get that all onto the screen in a way that people that aren't already familiar. Yeah. Good luck. We'll wrap their heads around. And, and this is not, I'm not taking anything away from Ava DuVernay, DuVernay's talent. I'm just saying, I don't. It's just a crazy concept. This is a hard fucking job for anybody. Yeah. Wow. That is your nerd news for the week, but I'm sure we missed plenty of other stories while riding and roping our way to the Deadwood movie premiere. Yeah, cocksucker! So, <laughs> leave that. <laughs> no way. <laughs> so hit us up on the THN forums, cocksuckers, in our big news section, or better yet, tune into Cover to Cover Live every Saturday when we broadcast on our Facebook Live page from 11.30 to 12.30 Central Standard Time. It is like AM Talk Radio. But it's for nerds and without all the blaming of Mexico for the Mueller report. How does that work? Which I think that's what they're doing now. <laughs> so call us at 402-819-4894. Or if you're too dumb to remember seven sequential numbers, you can click the call now button on our Facebook I mean, page. it's ten sequential numbers. So who's the dummy? <laughs> it's at least eight. If you can't be there live, leave us a message. Or you can send us an MP3 to headednerd at gmail.com. It's spotlight review time in the ziggurat where Matt and I hogtie two of this week's new comics and string the varmints up. Matt, why don't you wrestle open the pages of your critter first? Gross! I will. My review this week is Ignited, number one from Humanoids. It is written by Mark Wade and Kwanzaa Osagiefo, with art by Philippe Briones. It is 32 pages. It is $3.99. Here is your solicit. Welcome to the H1 universe and Ignited, Humanoid's first ever ongoing superpowered series brought to you by an explosive team that I just read and I'm not going to read again, with covers by people that I don't care to mention. It's the first day back at Phoenix <laughs> Academy High. It's weird, though, because they list John Cassidy and Yannick Paquette, but I swear to God this cover was by Mike McCone. Uh, I think they did the variant covers. All right. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. It was, that's right. what it was. But this year, there's no back-to-school excitement in the air as returning students and faculty are haunted by memories of last year's horrific attack. 
so many friends and colleagues were lost, and some of those who survived underwent changes. They ignited, gaining supernatural abilities they barely understand. Little do they know, this is just the beginning. Now, Humanoids Publishing has long been the imprint known for heady sci-fi and fantasy from European masters of storytelling, but now they venture into the world of superhero comics because there's a hefty buck in it. And because of the nature of the story... Because there are tens of dollars in it. They find themselves wading into the world of politics as well. Namely, the debate over the Second Amendment and the right to bear arms. You guessed it. Turns out the story centers around a school shooting and the trolls came out for this one because as you know in america we love to shoot school kids yeah yeah well some of us have a problem with that and that's it's a, like the third amendment that's a big problem for those who want to shoot school kids i mean you got to understand that right mark wade is not shying away from the issue in the least and gives readers a story of what if some of the survivors of the parkland shooting in florida came out of the situation with superpowers Wade unabashedly writes to students of Phoenix Academy High with the same spirit of the Parkland survivors as their school district is preparing to arm the teachers. Because when you have a problem with guns, you've got to throw more guns at the problem. Yeah, for sure. Until you have so many guns that the guns all shoot each other. And then the guns are gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, you, you just shoot the gun. Keep shooting, Just assholes. shooting the, shoot the gun out of the other guy's gun hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes a good man with a gun to shoot a bad guy with a gun's gun out of his gun hand. <laughs> That's how that goes, right? Yeah, yeah. We see several different students flashing back to the previous year's attack in red and yellow panels, masterfully drawn by Briones with Buddha, Buddha, Buddha sound effects, while children cower and cover their ears in panic. Speaking of Briones... He's a talented penciler that I've been watching for a while, but here he has mastered his animated style. And he's channeling Mike McCone, who, as we mentioned, did one of the covers, and Phil Jimenez did, I don't know. in his kinetic style. There's undoubtedly going to be a lot of discussion online about politics, quote, invading comics. But if you can look past that, you know what? No, fuck that. Embrace it. Mark Wade is telling a story that is unfortunately ripped from the headlines. And, and Kwanzaa Osagiefo. Well, yes, they both are. And he does it with grace and believable voice that shows both sides of the madness that is a school shooting through the lens of a superhero book. Ignited was poignant, well-written, beautifully illustrated, and a fantastic first foray into superhero comics for humanoids. I'm giving it a big blue liberal buy it. Okay, well, um, here's how I felt. I thought that the opening of the issue was masterfully done. Okay. Like, I literally had a dream about being in a school shooting last night after reading this comic. It was very affecting. And then something happens when the superhero stuff kicks in. And all of a sudden, it is that Steve Buscemi from 30 Rock gif where he walks into the school and he says, what's up, fellow kids? Because there was all this, like, I know, I get it. I get it. I'm old. But it took me right out. To hear or to read words like that was lit and that fucking terrible Cardi B tongue roll sound effect thing she does like written out in the script. I was like, no, no. What is this? You realize douchebag kids actually talk like this. No, 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 no. (laughs) These are kids that suffered a trauma. Sure. This is the first day back from school after suffering a terrible trauma. So you think they should all be home crying? And then when an outside force takes over their school's. PA system. Well, everybody panics at first. No, they are all like, uh, think it's hilarious. They think it's some 
huge goof. Well, I would argue first they all definitely panicked. No, everybody, nobody they panicked. They start to go, the, oh, my God, is it happening again? The teachers panicked. And the teachers are panicking as well, but they definitely panicked No, the kids did not panic until the parents showed up with machine guns. Well, yeah, they definitely panicked then. During the PA announcement by, uh, oh, yeah, at, at sign viral and at sign wave, <laughs> which is also fucking stupid to refer to them that way in the script. Yeah, that well, didn't they just call them viral and wave? No, in the script? no, it was at viral and at wave. Uh. <laughs> when they took over the PA system, the kids thought it was hilarious. At first, they didn't. At first, yes, they, they did. They did. The main character girl says, "Oh my God, is it happening no. again?" And then she looks at it and she says, "No, I think this is different." This they did not panic until the guns showed up, which was after. It was the next day. So somebody took over their PA system, and they're supposed to think it's a school shooting. I'm think I'm saying these kids went through a tremendous ordeal. They've got reporters up in their face. They've right. got teachers teaching them what to do if another gun shows up. Right. Here's a ki- Here's the hammer and the wedge that you use to bar the door so you don't die. Sure. And what appears to be another attack on the PA. Any sort of crazy outside interference. So you and think those they kids should have said, oh, my God, they're going to shoot us through the PA system. No, come on, Matt. <laughs> well, come on, That's Joe. not what I'm saying. I'm saying this is totally different. No, I'm saying <laughs> it's not totally different. Uh, uh, essentially, a terrorist took over their school's intercom the and made a bunch of threats to, and the kids loved it. Because they made threats about what happens if you're going to arm the teachers. I didn't buy it. That's it what took the kids me out. Like. It took me out. The slang took me out because it didn't feel legitimate. Oh, I think you're focusing on some of the wrong things. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is how I reacted to the story. That's I fine. thought it was great at That's the beginning. Fine. And then when it finally kicked into the superhero element, I was like, I don't think so. I just I didn't connect with that part of the story. Because you hate kids. Is that it? No, I don't hate kids. You want to shoot kids. I don't. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> okay. I sometimes want to shoot I kids. I think I'm figuring this out now. I Yeah, I just... There was a huge disconnect for me between the first half of the book and the back half of the book. It really didn't bother me that much. Yeah. I mean, I agree the art is good. Um, I'm not super thrilled about some of the character designs, but that's a whole... I mean, it's not a superhero book. Yeah, it's, it's a it's super powered book. Kid. And I'm, I'm guessing and I'm that this, like, this it's kid, a kid in the viral like, just threw something yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's fine. Yeah, I yeah. Think he's and supposed I, to look and, a I, and I got past that. And if they showed up in like kick ass tech armor, no, no, no. Like, yeah, I, right. I get it. I get What's that. Going on? <laughs> I get that. And I'm like, I saw past that. I'm like, of course he doesn't. He's not like decked out in right. in full. It'd be like Tobey Maguire Spider Man. Yeah, right. How did he make that? Oh, I just taped this up. It's awesome, right? <laughs> yeah. How'd you get the texture webbing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toby, uh, come on. That uh, that spray paint stuff that they put on sweatshirts and shit. Puff paint. Puff paint. Puff paint. It's puff paint. Sorry. It had me at the beginning, and then there was something about the quality of the writing in the back half that took me out. And for that, I got to give it a skim it. All right. I hope all those kids die. Wow. I'm kidding. I Jesus. don't. I don't hope the kids die. Wow. <laughs> Why aren't you understanding? What kind of word is that? Joe Patrick, your turn. Let's fight about thumbs, number one. From Image Comics, written by Sean Lewis with art by Hayden Sherman. I don't think we're going to fight about this. One. I don't think so either. Yeah. It was 60 pages for $4.99. That's pretty no good. No shit. Yeah. Here's your solicit. Imagine someone like, say, Mark Zuckerberg created his own army of tech-obsessed teens and directed them to take on the government. 
what would the fallout <laughs> you be? You mean instead of voting for Trump? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Charlie Thumbs Fellows is a member of just such an army, poor and raised by the influential mom app. He finds himself in the center of a war. A social network meets Blade Runner in this big event book from the team that brought you the hit series, The Few, which you should definitely check out. As I did mention last week, I was a big fan of this duo's previous series, The Few, which is a dystopian Mad Max future meets Lone Wolf and Cub and Cormac McCarthy's The Road. It's real bad stuff. <laughs> dark. Not bad. Dark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this new series... It was good. <laughs> yeah, right. It was good. This new series starts off with the title character, Charlie Thumbs Fellows, on the brink of death, gunned down during a mission gone wrong. Thumbs is just one of an army of child soldiers gaming prodigies chosen for service by tech guru Adrian Camus. In this world, Camus believed in sharing his technology with the masses for free, just like everybody, sure. let's have it. Yeah. And once that technology became pervasive, the government was like, hold up, buddy. And they cracked down on it. And they forced everybody to give it up and report all instances of usage to the state. Had some Real, kids, like, having a good time, yeah. had to shut them down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Through flashbacks, Lewis shows us what life was like for Thumbs, almost literally raised by AI technology. It's the only life he knows, and it ends up being violently taken from him. We meet his best friend and rival, Nia, the only other quote-unquote player good enough to graduate to Fortress Victory, which is the seat of Camus's power and home base for his revolutionary army. Lewis does a phenomenal job building this world with so much of it done directly through Thumbs' point of view. There's a fantastic twist at the end, which is wonderfully sold by Sherman's dynamic art. I think his work in this issue is unbelievable. I don't think it's a stretch to say that. It really is awesome. Yeah. His monochrome palette of grays and pinks do a better job highlighting key elements of this world better than full color would. There's a frantic urgency to his very, very busy line art as you got like sort of minimalist representative shapes combined with ultra detailed backgrounds. He's got extreme camera angles and point of view shots that do an amazing job putting us directly in Thumbs's shoes. Thumbs number one is another solid debut from a team of really talented up and comers. These guys are great and I think they're going to be big. This book is definitely worth your time. This week, I'm giving it a buy it. Sherman, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I think he made a conscious choice in this book to sort of illustrate the extreme ADD of the world. In it's such, very busy. Yeah, in such a fashion that like the stuff in front of you is moving really fast and kind of shaky in line, but everything else around it is very detailed but no one's paying attention to it well and <laughs> you know what i mean he does the, he has this great way of increasing the sense of panic in a scene just by doing things like having the camera be like from the ground up at a storm yeah trooper, yeah yeah changing or the... like at a slight angle pushed in so right. far on a medical table as a guy like falls out of his gurney right yeah, like really simple point of view stuff yeah that makes you feel like you're right there. Super impressive he storytelling. stupid talented. Mm -hmm. And this is a great story. I thought it was going to be another... Not that I don't trust these guys. I did go back and read the few. It's very good. Uh, I just thought this could easily fall into another Ready Player One kind of schlock. But it didn't at all. Oh, yeah, no. Didn't at all. I really enjoyed and it. I, Give and it I a actually bite. really liked Mom. Yeah. Uh, the Mom AI, was cool. She, she has a line in the book where it's like, I guess your parents 
uh, have turned on the take no bullshit set, <laughs> which made me laugh. Yeah, I think mom's supposed to be too. So yeah. you relate. So the kids relate. Yeah. Here, you know? No, I'm giving it a huge bye. So that is a buy it and a skim it for Ignited number one and a double buy it for Thumbs number one. We'll post our written reviews over at nerd.com so you can shoot up our comment section with your trollish disagreements of our opinions. I do want to talk to people about, about Ignited. I want to see how other people talk. Yeah, we'll do that this week. You know where? Hey, you know good place to do no what? Tell me. Uh, there's this show. It's called THN Cover to Cover. What? Never yeah. heard of it. These two adult children host it, and they fucking like adult children talk to Sounds other suspicious. adult children on the internet that never grew up. Is this a to catch a predator thing? No, 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 no. It's not like that. It's mm. not like, hey, take up, make sure you're naked when you come into Cover to Cover. We'll be waiting naked. We'll also. <laughs> <laughs> it's summertime. It's hot. <laughs> yeah. I don't care, I'm still free. You can't take the sky from me. Joe, it's time to put on your cowboy duds. I bought us matching baby blue rhinestone suits and silver 10 gallon hats. So let's strap our guns right into town and get cowboy drunk enough to start a brawl at the local saloon where we review eight more of this Wednesday's new comics. Dirty ludicrous speed round, you cocksucker! Ludicrous speed! Go! Black Cat number one from Marvel. Daughters of the Dragon Rider Jed McKay takes on Marvel's knockoff oh, Catwoman. That's where from. Yep. And uh. puts her exactly where you'd guess. Stealing stuff with two no-name henchmen. Travel Foreman is solid on art, but there's something about the coloring that made his line seem a little thinner than usual. And I think he's doing it himself. And I was wrong about the no-name henchmen. Marv Wolfman creations, Dr. Boris Corpse and Bruno Granger Who? pop back up here. They were in exactly three issues of Amazing Spider-Man in okay. the 190s. <laughs> all right, yeah, yeah, all right. So yeah. why we needed them back, I'm not sure. And they were interesting enough, but I've never really felt the connection to Felicia as a character, and this first issue didn't do much to make her more interesting. I'm giving it a skim. Does anybody call her cat? No. Oh, good. Guardians of the Galaxy Annual, number one from Marvel. This was a fantastic one-off issue, catching up with some of my favorite cosmic characters like Nova, Quasar, and Darkhawk after, spoilers, they were rescued from the black hole in next week's Silver Surfer Black number one. Well, hooray. Guys, <laughs> I know that schedules are hard. No, I'll tell you what, but... I was so nervous about Silver Surfer. <laughs> this just makes me feel better. A gaggle of great creators like Donny Cates, Al Ewing, John McRae, Teeny Howard, and Ibrahim Mustafa are involved. Setting up some fun potential subplots. Guardians of the Galaxy Annual is an annual done right. Buy it. Guardians of the Galaxy, period, is kicking ass. I'm enjoying right it, yes. Betty Page, Unbound, and number one from Dynamite. For the third time in a row, I find you myself reviewing pervert. another David Avalone Betty Page book. Pervert. And loving it. In this latest mini, Betty Page finds herself face to face with elder gods, wielding a mystic key, and thrown back in time wearing a very familiar armored bikini. <laughs> but minus the red hair, if you know what I mean. Julius oh, Ota? O H T A. Ota. Ota. Is exceptional on art in this fantastic What If Betty Page worked with BPRD and got turned into Red Sonia story. Buy it! Why not? <laughs> 
Incredible Hulk, last call, number one from Marvel. Apparently, and this was news to me, Last Call is the first in a series of one-shots reuniting beloved creative teams to work on the characters that they're most associated with. Yeah, when did this when did this become a thing? I don't know. Shouldn't we report it on this? You know, we missed drunk previews for like six straight months. I mean, so. I guess. And it's all part of Marvel's big 80th anniversary hoopla. I think it's a really fun idea in theory. And this issue sees Peter Dave. It's in, in theory be until we get the Chris Claremont X-Men issue. Yeah, yeah, of course. And this issue sees Peter David reuniting with artist Dale Keown on the old Jade Giant. This takes place following Betty's death at the tail end of David's first run. If you're confused, you're probably not old enough. Yeah. As Bruce makes a call to a suicide prevention hotline. It was enjoyable. Keown's art is still great. It was oddly tongue-in-cheek considering the subject matter. Uh, Incredible Hulk Last Call is a fun throwback. I got to admit, though, I'm glad it was a one-off. I think it would have overstayed its welcome at six issues. Yeah, this is one of the things where it's just like, I'm not sure who it's for. It's for me, but yeah, like, it literally is for you and me. One story. I'm good with it. Yeah, I'm yeah, giving yeah. it a strong skim. Category zero. Number one from Scout. A man-made virus has triggered superpowers in 1% of the population, but not all of them can control what's happening. Writer Adam Kiamil is excellent with his script that once again feels like a perfect TV pilot. Tom Lima's art is expressive and cinematic in scope. The plot came off as another suddenly we have superheroes, how will society cope story? But this creative team made it so much more. I'm giving it a buy it. All these people owe George R.R. R. Martin huge royalty checks oh, for yeah. writing wild cards. Oh yeah. Adult Crash, number two, from Older Threat. Hey, we know this jerk. Yeah, we do. Jim Kettner is back with more of his outstanding autobiographical comics. I'm so impressed with the standard of work Jim has poured into this title, and I was legitimately compelled by the story, and the quality of his brushwork is phenomenal. This book is beautiful. You all need to follow that dude on Instagram, by the way, because he has been churning out some killer MCU prints. He has been. Uh, I don't know where he finds the time. Adult Crash number two gets a huge buy it, and I'll put a link to Jim's store and his Instagram page. It would have been funny had we absolutely just barbecued his book. Been like, <laughs> what a piece of garbage. What kind of amateur <laughs> shit show is this? <laughs> Batman 72 from DC. That's not what you said you were reviewing. Uh-huh. There's been a lot of Tom King talk recently on this show, but for one issue of Batman, King brought together every story arc he has been weaving. Thank God. Even the long-winded issues and the reason Catwoman left him at the altar. Mikhail Janin pencils the WWE-style brawl between Bats and Bane, while Jorge Fornes oh. provides these beautiful splash Jorge pages Fornes. in between. He is, where did they find this dude? He's, he is the, like, he He's is the reincarnation of Darwin Cook. He really is incredible. Yeah. Complete with the last page that I did not see coming. I have to say, I loved this issue. And I want more Tom King Batman now. Buy it, man. It was such a great. sucker. Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Three, number two from DC. Yeah. I had to be really careful I said that. Jesus, you I guys. Know. I remember reading the first couple issues of the first volume, and now I have completely lost the plot. Like, I get it. It's the third arc. What do you expect? But I seriously could not tell if this was a continuation of the previous volumes or a completely new story set in a different universe. Continuation. I couldn't tell. Okay. No, I'm, I don't think so. I honestly couldn't tell. I think it is. 
Still, it's super fun, and creators James Tinney and the Four and Freddie Williams the Two are clearly having a great time. It's just two. You don't start saying the until you get to the three. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Freddie Williams, <laughs> Freddie Williams number two. Yeah. Number two. Plus, we get some great OG TMNT art by Kevin Eastman. He does an awesome job, and they seamlessly incorporate the two styles together. I'm giving Batman TMNT 3 number one. Number two, I thought. Oh, you're right. Number... <laughs> Jesus. I'm giving Batman TMNT 3 <laughs> number two a strong skim it because... Seriously, what? But it's kind of a blast to read. It sounds like that's a buy it to me, dude. I just didn't understand it. I feel like I have to go back and like do my thesis on the first two volumes before I can figure out what's happening. Did you read the second volume? Nah. Okay, that might be the problem. I get it. I admitted yeah. it. I admitted my own shortcomings. All right, all right. I'm saying the second issue of the third arc is not a great jumping on point, okay? Strong skip. But you're punishing it. <laughs> that's not a punishment. That is your ludicrous speed round. Is the sound of Doctor Strange tossing his cookies Gross. after defeating Mr. Misery, as seen in the pages of Doctor Strange number 19. So he was like, Take that, Mr. Misery! Pew! <laughs> he like reabs he like absorbed him into his body or something. Oh, 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 oh. it was like when the tick sucked up the mucus dude. Yeah, Thrackers. <laughs> or no, mucus tick, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this on one of P of the week was submitted by JD. Gotta catch him. All <laughs> via the THN fan page. If you want to submit an onomatopoeia of the week, you can puke it all over your computer screen, or better yet, hit us up on any of our social media or shoot us an email to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. It's a lot easier to clean up. Yeah, honestly. This week in the THN Sanctum Sanctorum, we're visited by the ghosts of the Two Gun Kid. The first Ghost Rider, Jonah Hicks, and Cowboy Bob Orton for a high-stakes game of Slapjack with our souls on the line. Cowboy Bob Orton, famous father of Randy Orton. Okay, great. <laughs> Matt, while I take these fools' immortal souls, why don't you tell these nerds about your must-read pick for Wednesday, June 12th? Well, she you, partner. My pick for next week is Silver Surfer Black, number one of five from Marvel. It is written by Donnie Cates with art by Trad Moore. It's 32 pages for $3.99, and here is your solicit. Spinning out of the Guardians of the Galaxy! Number one, almost the entire galaxy's defenders have been blown through a black hole, including the Silver Surfer. But the story doesn't end there. In order to fight back the Oblivion, Surfer will have to fight to save his own soul and not lose himself to the void. Follow the Sentinel of the Spaceways on a journey that will change him forever, forever, forever. That is not in keeping with the cowboy theme. No, but, I mean, it's hard to get the Silver Surfer into the cowboy theme. I suppose. With that said, Donny Cates is quickly approaching just must-read territory. If his name is on something, I'm going to read it. It upsets me that there is a Carnage book coming that he is writing that I will have to read. <laughs> a Maximum <laughs> Carnage. God damn it. <laughs> or no, Absolute Carnage? I think it's... Maximum Carnage was the 90s. Absolute Maximum Carnage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Patrick, what's your pick for next week? My pick for next week is Event Leviathan number one, because why not pick the same thing three weeks in a row? Hey. It's from DC Comics, written by Brian Michael Bendis, with art by Alex Maleev. It's 32 pages for three ninety nine. Here's your solicit. It's the worst named weird event. You don't call event event. I don't get it. Yeah. yeah. I don't understand. 
The groundbreaking and always inventive team of writer Brian Michael Bendis and artist Alex Maleev reunite on a mystery thriller that stretches across the DC universe and touches every character from Batman to Superman to question to Talia al Ghul. With startling ease, a newly dangerous and aggressive Leviathan wipes out all its competition and now turns its sights to molding the world into its vision of order. Can the new threat's growth be stopped? And who's guiding this new agent of chaos? Listen, if you've listened to the show the last couple weeks, you know that I am like super in the tank for this oh, yeah. stupid Leviathan storyline. Uh, it's really great. It's not stupid. It's not stupid. Uh, this is f- the first issue of the proper event series. Uh, following up on last week's 80-page uh, Leviathan Rising one-shot. It was super dope. Uh, which also kicked off the Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane books, yeah. which are also going to be super dope. The Superman corner of the DC Universe right now, as far as I'm concerned, it's must-read. It is must read. better than it has been for 20 years. Let me do that math real fast. I'm saying it. This is like the best Superman stuff that I think I've read. I mean, read. I really liked the Jeff Loeb, Joe Kelly era, but yeah, it's pretty great. That was like 20 years ago. It was in the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. man. We are so Shit, it was 20 years ago. Yeah. Fuck. We are so old. Because Y2K, that's Superman fucking Y2K. Yeah, Shit. dude. <laughs> I'm telling you. Put a gut, take us out to the tar pits and throw <laughs> us in. I know, right? We just join hands and walk into the tar pits. God. The THN Trade of the Week is Bravo for Adventure, the trade paperback from IDW. It is written and illustrated by one of my favorites, Alex Toth. If you don't know him, look him up. 96 pages for $24.99. That is not a great price. <laughs> it's big. Is it? Yeah, it's big and sexy. All right. Here's your solicit. Alex Toth's magnum opus contains all three of the genius stories starring Jesse Bravo, <laughs> knockabout pilot, and reluctant swashbuckler. Also included are rare pencil roughs, preliminary drawings, and story fragments, as well as samples of Toth's own coloring for an edition that never saw print, and of the coloring for what was intended to be Bravo's original 1975 first printing. In France! Oh, in France, yeah! <laughs> uh, yeah, so I picked this because, one, I love Alex Toth. Yes. Um, and this is like some crazy cool Indiana Jones-esque yeah. adventurer, yeah. rough and tumble. It was like an Alex Toth project that he never really got off the well, ground. Well, I don't think it was an American thing. I no, think no, no. it was European. It was printed in like UK and France. I think it was printed in UK well, and France. Well, France, I assume. Yeah. yeah. Bravo's original first printing in France. Yeah. Everything cool is French. Uh, if you don't know Alex Toth, think back to your favorite childhood cartoons yeah. if you're older than 25. He did like uh, Space, Super Friends, Space Ghost, Space Ghost Herculoids. Birdman. Oh, yeah. it's a Hannah Barbera shit. He worked on a ton. And uh, beyond that, he's just a phenomenal comic but, artist. Okay, to be fair, he wasn't doing all the animation. He was doing like the painted backgrounds. Well, no, he did like character designs. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah that's true. Absolutely. Yeah. He's amazing. Yes, absolutely. I'm very excited for this. These are just a few of the comics hitting the new shelves at your local comic shop next week. Let us know what you're reading at the THN forums, or let us know what you'd like us to review on this damn show. Slapjack, you yellow-bellied cocksucker! I'm sorry, Mom. Our cocksucker references are it's directly, all about Deadwood. Yeah, they are directly related to Deadwood. If you suck cocks, that's cool, man. Look, I, I, I we no don't need to get it. into that. I'm just saying. All right.
Because I demanded it. The Swamp mm. Thing has made his TV debut if you count the DC app as television. Regardless. Yeah, I mean, it plays on your TV. I suppose. It's time for Joe and I to slip into our waders and tromp through the swamp. Nerdy Freestyle. Last swamp tromping yeah. going on. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I did not, I don't know any of the names of the actors in this show. <laughs> I don't either, but everybody uh, was really yeah, good. Except for Virginia Madsen. Yeah, she's very Who famous. plays the, like, the town matriarch. And, the, and she was phenomenal. What's his head? He's like that guy. Yeah, he was also, in Armageddon. Yeah, he's been in everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was Bruce Willis's uh, main main right-hand man in Armageddon. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know his name either. Oh, uh, yeah, he's great, though. Yeah. I, like, whenever that dude very shows famous up character in, actor. in a movie, I'm just like, oh, I feel better about this piece of shit movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, but yeah, otherwise, it's a cast of mostly unknowns, and it totally worked. Everyone was really great in their roles. Oh, man. Alec Holland. And I've got to look up his name, because I have no clue who the guy yeah, is. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking it up. You, you do the lookups, right and I'll do the talks. So basically, we have a reset of the Swamp Thing's origin, and it still stays very true to the actual Swamp Thing's I mean, origin. Kind I mean, of. A tweak here and a tweak there, but there's still... The old, the old Swamp Thing's origin was that Alec Holland was a scientist right. developing this formula this is back for in, like a rapid growth in dc days where it's just like oh uh chemistry gone wrong superhero yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh in this one he is a biologist and he's investigating uh like a series of illnesses yeah and crazy rapid growth yeah. in the swamp so uh the actor that played alec holland is named andy bean he's great uh and the actor that plays uh will Patton is the guy we were talking about will Patton. Will Patton. that's his name uh, Avery Sutherland, the kind of town bigwig. Mm -hmm. Man, but they stay close enough to the origin. I think it's fairly reminiscent. Uh, right. it, it definitely in, in the vein of the original Swamp Thing. But they're going very much more for that sort of Alan Moore Swamp Thing horror feel via John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh, I man, mean, it was gross. No question. This is an open love letter to The Thing. I mean, the effects. There was a lot of stuff coming out of a lot bodies of bodies. ripping apart. I mean, this is gross. Like, straight up body horror. Yeah. And I loved it. I mean, there's not really anything much to spoil about the plot. No, not uh, at all. This is the birth of the Swamp Thing. Right. Some and I, have, I guess, like, I could, I would say that it would have been nice to see a little bit more of the monster, but I totally understand why they didn't. Right. No, Because you had to get invested in the characters yes, they're first. they're building something here, and that's been a complaint that I've seen. This is very well-reviewed. It's at, like, 90% on yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. But the complaints I saw were like, well, it took a while for the Swamp Thing to show up. Now, I... That's bullshit. I'm sorry. Because if the Swamp Thing showed up in the first five minutes, it'd be like, well, they just throw the Swamp Thing in there and we're supposed to be like, well, okay. I mean, they <laughs> built something here and they took time to make you care about the character. And I think they had to do that because he's going to be a big green monster for the rest of the series. Right, yeah. Uh, the guy playing Swamp Thing, the guy in the Swamp Thing suit is Derek Mears, who is uh, uh, famous for playing like weird-faced alien guys. <laughs> Okay. Um, he was. Uh, is he in, professionally ugly? Yeah, he's professionally ugly. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's like. Uh, I'm trying to find something that everybody would immediately know him from. Um, he's not like the Hills Have Eyes guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, but he looks sort of like the Hills. Uh, ha the Hills Have Eyes he's got guy. Like the weird shaped head. But like without the like big googly eyes. Like, sort of like Sloth. If Sloth wasn't quite as messed up. Yeah. Right. Sloth he, from the Goonies. Uh, he was the limo driver in Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't. I can't say his role left a mark. Uh, yeah, I did like Pop Star. Never stop. Never stop. But he was in Men in Black. He was on True Blood. 
Yeah, so he plays a lot of like monster dudes. We don't get like a real great. He was Krampus on Grimm. That's fun. Okay. We don't get a real great look at the swamp thing in this one, like a full on, just like here he is. But we right. do get to see him crawl out of the muck. And what I saw thrilled me. And this is coming from someone who loves the swamp thing. Like, I think the design of it was is perfect. Yeah. I think Swamp Thing's design is perfect. It's very Bernie Wrightson. They're just going all in on it. And it's kind I of a cross, it. right? It looks like it looks like a big burly dude, Bernie Wrightson style. Yeah. But it's also very like crusty and viney right. Steve Bassett style. Definitely. It's the best of both worlds, certainly. Yeah. But I think we're off to a fantastic start here. I'm super excited. Really? I'm fantastic. really excited. And I love that they just went on full on gore. I love it. It was very good. The scene where they walk in to investigate uh, the house where they discover yes. Alec Holland taking a sample. Right. And he's like, guys, you're not paying attention to the right thing. Turn around. And there is a body that was looking in the mirror, frozen in like mid vomit. But instead of like blood and gore, there is a plant coming out of his mouth. Yeah, like it was exploding like out of his body. Splattering onto the mirror. And it's just the body is frozen. In held together by vines that are just oozing out of it. That was horrifying. What a great gory scene. I yeah. love gore, man. I and love it. I loved. I loved the. Uh, there's like the swamp stuff's not the only mystery. There's some dark past definitely. hinted at with Abby Arcane and something with the town is definitely all. Yeah, like she got run out of town. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, with a big scandalous like death that involved the uh the Sutherland's daughter, their Sunderland Sunderland's yeah, daughter, Virginia Madsen's daughter. And uh, like I'm super intrigued about that. Matt Cable is there, and you, there's like a hint that they had a past. Yeah, uh, he plays the town cop. They're going like full on. This is, this, I can't get it. I can't say this enough. The way that they did the effects, the gore and the plants and stuff, they are not going full CG. This was old school Stan Winston, Tom Savini gore and violence, hard to look at. Super scary, like wiggling corpses controlled by implants. <laughs> yeah. Like, ugh, I loved it. It was just so fun. I am very excited for uh, the next couple episodes. They're going to bring in Jason Woodrow, uh, who in the comics is the Floronic Man. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do with him, but if you know the comics, the Floronic Man is the one that reveals to Alec Holland that Alec Holland is dead and the Swamp Thing is not Alec Holland. Right. Uh, so that's going to be fun. Like, it turns out he's a plant that thinks he's a man. Right, and I really like the uh, the actor that they got to play him, uh, uh, Kevin Durand, who unfortunately is listed as known for uh, playing the Blob in X Men Origins Wolverine, <laughs> but I know him in many other things. Yeah, he's fantastic. Um, uh, he was in uh, Lost as well. He was like one of the guys that worked for the company. It's a bad guy. Was he? Yeah, he was oh, in yeah. Lost for a while. Yeah, he's yeah, great. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was on Lost. Another character actor, dude, that I really like. Yep. So yeah, this is a. Great start to this show. I'm super pumped to see where it goes. Yeah. Uh, I can't decide if I really appreciate or really hate the fact that I can't immediately watch the next one. <laughs> but the anticipation, I think, might help a little. Yeah, I don't know, man. I Like, I get it. Like, the Netflix-style binge and stuff like that, I get that. But there is also something for just the old school... Like, we're going to put it out it's, weekly. Right. And you're going to wait. And you're going to watch it. It worked with Star Trek. I was very happy how yes, they do that. Yeah, you know? Same. Same. And there. there's so much to watch that I don't mind. Yeah. I don't mind at all. I'm super excited for the next one. But this is go out, watch it. Absolutely watch it for me, too. Yeah. It's, they did it. And the DC app is very quickly approaching a price point 
that I think you should pay for. It. It's definitely worth it. I, I mean, say it's worth it right now. If you're into the comic, yeah. I mean, like, if you're into the comics, it's the definitely comics, worth it. Do it. If you're not, getting close. Yeah, maybe a couple more shows. Getting very maybe close. a couple more. Excelsior! Oh. <laughs> Folks, that is it for THN 531, and we lost the script 532 when we got stuck in the mud and we had to swim naked to the Bayou Shore. Why we weren't wearing any clothes in our waders, I'm not really sure. They got stuck in the mud. Perhaps a better question, Joe Patrick, is why would you bring your laptop to the swamp? Look, man, things happen. Okay. <laughs> Just ask these nerds a new question of the week, please. This week's question was inspired by Guillermo Rodriguez on the THN Facebook fan page. His question was a little different, but I, I parsed it down. Let's say you've budgeted just $20 per month for new comics. Given the standard $3.99 cover price, what five titles make the cut for your profile? Ooh. Let's say they, and they got to be running right now. Yeah, and I would say, this like, is current. Like, don't worry so much about, like, if you're. Like, oh, man, I got, does that mean I have to drop something to read Event Leviathan? Don't worry about the big event stuff. Five titles. Yeah. Five ongoing Just running titles. titles. Okay. Uh, so, Guillermo's question was, if you got $20 per week, what 20 books would you pick? Ain't nobody got time for nah, nah, callers nah, nah, to list right. 20 books. But do that on the forums. Why do that me? on the forums, That's on the Facebook page. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, five books on your pull file. What makes the cut? I like it. If you're new to this show and you wish a gator would have chomped down on the area that should have been covered by our swimsuits, I assure you, it's only because you haven't heard enough of it. The good news is, you can hear the entire run of THN in our digital long box archive at TwoHeadedNerd.com, but hosting that many episodes, it ain't cheap! So we want to thank donors like our very own JD Gotta Catch em All. It's like he pays us to work for this show. What an idiot. Good God, man. I hope he never <laughs> finds out. Before we go, our weekly shout-out goes to the army of Legion of Superheroes fans that blew up our timeline for three days straight because I had the nerve to post something complimentary about the actor playing Brainiac 5 on Supergirl. Oh, they hated it? They had a lot of things to say about it. <laughs> Where do you nerds keep on feeling those feelings? Hey, it's at Joe Patrick 116, okay? Keep that shit off my THM phone. <laughs> <Fine. laughs> Until next time, true believers, remember to pre-order your comics or your retailer might assemble an army to dox you. This is the Two-Headed Nerd, signing off. <laughs>